right now, it's time to talk with Pace Mannion, former Utah Jazz player, former Ute, former broadcaster. Pace, good morning. Good morning, guys. How you doing? Good. Uh, so I, I texted you to come on the show. <laughs> I said, hey, do you have a few minutes for us? No, I'm real busy. A bunch of laughing, <laughs> crying emojis. Everyone's looking for a way to pass the time, and I wanted to get a tip from you, but apparently you don't have any. You're just sitting around bored I'm like I'm just really else. busy right now. I don't know what you guys are doing. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's start with um, March Madness being canceled. You have great March Madness memories. I know you went to the Sweet 16 your senior year and uh, you know, played Thurl's team when they were on their run. Were you on a Sweet 16 your sophomore year as well? Right. Yeah, we got beat at uh, – that was our only home loss that year. We lost to North Carolina at home the year before Jordan got there. They had Worthy, Perkins, Al Wood, that group. Uh, beat us at home by five. So you know what all the kids gave up when March Madness got canceled, though. Yeah. No, it's uh, – you know, it was rough. We were – we were in uh, in Vegas for the Pac-12 tournament, obviously, and had played one game. Nico had played Washington and, and beat them. And on the following morning is when all the news came in that everything was being canceled. They were getting ready to play USC. But yeah, it was it was devastating for I mean all those kids. You know, we had to live it with Nico, but you know, there's you know the seniors that were you know some of those kids on the Arizona team. It was the first time they were going to get to play in a in a tournament. Some of the grad transfers, you know, a kid from. Columbia, one from well, Max Hazard already played the year before, but it would have been nice to get everybody that experience and and uh, see how far you could have gone. So, because base, you know, I got my Arizona connections. I follow what's going on there, and I saw that the Arizona Republic had did a story on your son had tweeted out about uh, I think it was a tweet, some form of social media about the situation going on in Italy, and obviously that's very close to your heart. I think you spent 14, 15 years there, plus you've got so much family there, extended family anyway. Uh, can you give us an update into how it's individually going for them and what's going on in that country? Well, you know, we've been watching it. When the news hit here about the virus, you know, they've been going through it for a while, and it's been it's been rough. You know, they're basically under martial law. They don't leave the house unless it's to go to a grocery store. Um, you have to have a basically like a note. You have to have a piece of paper allowing you to go, and you have to be in the area of your home. If you go somewhere else, you know, you can be arrested and fined. It's uh, but they've had, you know, yesterday they had seven hundred and forty three deaths. So it's uh it's impacted everybody. Our family so far have been safe. Um I had a friend of mine um text me yesterday that he'd lost his close friend, one of my assistant coaches that I had for four years over there, who's now a head coach in, in Italy. But you know, so it's affecting everybody. You know, you see Carl Anthony Towns' post today about his mom being put into a coma. I mean it's just it's, it doesn't matter who you are or, you know, how much money you have or, or where you live. It's it's affecting everybody out there. Nico, you know, he just wanted to get something out there because he felt like he'd just been watching all those kids at spring break um, in Florida playing. And he, to him, it was just a shock. You know, here we are trying to keep everybody safe. And, and that's when he posted what he posted, um, just for the awareness factor, hoping that, you know, his his generation would understand this is this is serious. And please take it serious because you're going to affect somebody. It might not be you, um, but you know you read, you see Donovan Mitchell, who's doesn't have any symptoms at all, but carries the virus. And you know you take that home to somebody elderly or somebody with 
underlying conditions and and you lose that person because you were you know not taking care of yourself so that's one of the things Nico just wanted out there I was you know he did that all on his own I just happened to read it the, the day it got posted so it was uh it was nice to see so obviously he wants to stay in shape for whatever comes next. Uh, PK and I have been assuming for a long time the NBA draft is what comes next for Nico. I guess you can correct us if we're wrong. But how do you do all the stuff, you know, stay safe and yet still stay in shape and try to keep your skills as sharp as possible? Um, Nico's pretty lucky that way. We have a home that's, you know, a couple miles from ours. Um, guy has a indoor gym with a weight room where – you know, it's him and his family, and he allows Nico and his trainer to come in and train. So uh, he's been lucky that way. I know not everybody has that. Um, and so he's he's getting his work in. He's preparing for what comes next, whether, the, you know, whether he goes to the draft or he decides to go back to Arizona. Um, but that's, you know, his hour and a half, two hours a day when he, you know, he gets to train and, and four days a week lift at the same place with his with his strength and conditioning coach. So he's, uh, you know, that's that's what he does. That's his his release and getting out of the house and and then he's home the rest of the day. And it's uh, it's tough, you know, it's tough. This is an intriguing time because kids make these decisions whether to go to college or continue to go to college or whether they put their name in the draft. And you're involved in this process. What goes into it in terms of getting all the information that you need to make the best decision possible for that given individual? Well, the first step, um, and I think most kids, you know, there are some kids that won't go through the full process because they're going to go no matter what. Um, But you have to submit a form um, from your coach and you get feedback from all 30 teams and it, it gives you, you know, you're, you're projected as, you know, a one to 14, a 15 to 30, you know, 31 to 60, or you're not considered a draftable player. And if you do that, then you have an opportunity to come back to college. If you don't do that, then and you just declare for the draft and go through the process, you basically said, I'm leaving, I'm not coming back. So, you know, we 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 did the form. Sean Miller, um, you know, he, he submitted that for Nico. We haven't got that back yet. That should come back next week. Um you know, we have a pretty good idea of what, you know, where his draft stock is right now. Um, just from, you know, feedback from NBA people and agents and, and those things. So Nico's going to weigh out what he feels is best for him. You know, you just the future is so uncertain. Everything's so fluid right now with the virus that you're just trying to figure out what's going to happen and how are they going to do it. Obviously, there's not going to be – they don't think there'll be any um, – there won't be an NBA combine. There won't be – any workouts, um, unless some of these people want to fly out to Arizona and, you know, and, and, and see a workout with Nico, those things will, could happen. Um, but we just don't know right now, you know, maybe some streamed, uh, workouts for NBA teams so they can see, see an NBA workout and see what he's going through. Um, just to try and help his stock if, if, if that's what we think is necessary, but that's kind of the process right now. And then it's just up, I think it's up to every kid to decide, you know, do you want another year of college? Or do you think it's best to, you know, to make that jump? And, you know, I mean, obviously Nico's leaning towards going right now. Um, and if this passes and there will be a, you know, NBA season that finishes and, and a draft and all those things, then, you know, he's, he's likely to do that. 
but until we have all the all the facts in front of us and what's really going on, you know, that'll have to be uh, put on hold for a lot of people. Okay, so how different is the process for someone who doesn't have a pro basketball player in the family? Because the generation of guys that you played with and against are now scouts, they're broadcasters, they're coaches, they're GMs, they're assistant GMs. Uh, it seems like you would have more information and Nico would have more information than the average potential first-round projected kid. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I have contacts that I can get you know, true and honest feedback from. Um, you know, the problem with most of these kids is they're being handled by not just their parents, but by a handler from an AAU team, a coach, uh, a guy who's trying to make money on the kid. And those things are, is when it gets tough. And that's why you see so many, even last year, I don't know how many kids, I think there were over 60, that put their name in the draft and get into drafted and give up, you know, college eligibility. Um, and so... I've been through it. I know, you know, you're right. I have a lot of contacts and, you know, obviously we're going through the agent process right now. So we have a, you know, we have calls set up every afternoon right now through this week and part of next week, um, talking to agents, um, letting them make their pitch, you know, to represent Nico, finding out who will be best and listening to what they say about the, you know, where do they see him going and what do they see? Now you got to be careful because obviously they're going to tell you everything you want to hear because they're trying to represent you and make some money. But for the most part, it's, uh, you know, most of those guys are pretty honest and, and, and understand that they're not dealing with, you know, I can get feedback from anywhere. So I don't, they don't usually, I don't think people are trying to take advantage of us like they would somebody else that hasn't been through this. You know, so that's a plus for Nico. Um, and just to keep him relaxed and calm through the process is the biggest thing. He's a pretty calm kid already, but, um, you know, obviously there's, there's stress and, and tough decisions to be made. And we'll just try to help him as much as we can and, and guide him like, you know, what we think is best for him. And that will be uh, – it, it's never easy. It, it's, it's always stressful for everybody involved. I find that fascinating, Pace, that you submit your name or your coach submits the name and then they give you feedback and you'll say you're going to be getting that in the next week or so in terms of you're going to be 1 through 10, 10 through 20, 10 for 30, whatever it might be. Uh, because we see the draft every year is crazy, and, and a kid like Jimmy Butler, just to use an example, goes at the end of the first round and ends up being an all-star, and Donovan Mitchell goes 12, and obviously if you redid that draft, he would go much higher, and there's been you know dozens and dozens of those examples. Who on the other side is doing that evaluation to tell you what you should be expected to be as far as where you're being selected in the first round? That form will go to every NBA team. And that every and you know every NBA team has their draft board, so they basically say this is where we have you on our board. Uh, so you'll get feedback from all thirty teams, saying this is where we see you. You're you know we see you as one to ten, we see you as you know uh, late lottery, we see you as uh, you know late first, um, we see you as not even being draftable. You know, one of the players from Arizona last year put his name in and, you know, told him he wouldn't be drafted. But he left his name in anyway, and he wasn't drafted. Um, so it's – and everybody has to make that decision personally. But you're getting good – I mean, I think you're getting good feedback. I don't think any of those NBA teams are lying about that. Some Because that doesn't go to the public. It just goes back to the head coach at Arizona for Nico. And then, you know, so jo- you know, Sean put it in for, you know, Nico and, and Josh Green and Zeke Naji because those three are all looking – at their options and what they're going to do next year. And all three of them right now, 
um, are projected as first-round picks. You know, anywhere from 10 to 30, if you look at the, the board. You know, and equals anywhere from 10 to 27, if you look at different mock drafts. I try not to look at those because those are just opinions from writers. Um, they, some of them might talk to some NBA people and, you know, you could talk to somebody that's really high on Josh Green and then talk to the, the next team that says, we don't even think he's going to be drafted in the second round. Or the same for Nico. You know, so it's those things are, are to me are right, especially right now with nothing, no sports on TV, nothing being played. Everybody's trying to, you know, get clicks and, and do what they do. And I know it's tough on you guys because there's nothing, you know, you you're, you guys, you don't have much to talk about right now, so it makes it difficult. But that's the process, and I think it's a fair one. And at least it gives you an idea of, okay, this is what the NBA is thinking about me as a player that I can go and, and I'm almost assured that I'm going to be at least a top 20 pick. And, and those are things you, you know, not, look, if you get drafted in the NBA, you're going to get an opportunity. You're going to get guaranteed money for a few years and get an opportunity to prove you can play. And that's really what you want. And so that's where you want to be. I think you want to be sure you're going there. And like you said, PK, you talk about guys getting drafted later. And it's what I tell Nico. I know your ego wants to tell you, I want to be in the top 10. I want to be drafted top 10. I want to be a lottery guy, whatever it is. <laughs> But in in the big mm-hmm. big scheme, you know, does Donovan Mitchell become Donovan Mitchell if he doesn't go to Utah? Does Devin Booker, who goes to pick after Donovan Mitchell, become who he is in another system? You know, so those are the things you look at because it's it's more about where you go than when you go. Uh, because you know, certain teams there are certain fits I see for Nico that I think would be great spots for him because of how they play. You know, the systems they run, those are, you know, better fits for Nico than other teams. But we don't have much control over that until draft day. If you don't want to go somewhere, you don't go. You know, you try to, you try to blow that deal up. And that's happened in the past. It's, to me, it's very risky to do that. Um, but I know players here, Devin Booker did it. I think Utah wanted to draft him, and they didn't want to go there because they didn't feel there was enough time or minutes there because of all, everybody they had. So they pushed back on Utah and ended up going to Phoenix to draft the pick afterwards. And it all worked out for everybody. You guys got Donovan. He's a great player. They got Booker. He's a great player. It worked out. I don't know how many times it does and doesn't work out, but that's just part of the game. Well, the only thing I would add to that, it doesn't matter when you go, is uh, unless you're projected to go high or you think you should go higher, because certainly Rudy Gobert wears number 27 for a reason. He's still upset about where he was drafted. I think Jimmy Butler's talked about how it still motivates him. Tom Bradley, or Tom Bradley, Tom Brady knows he went uh, 199th. Aaron Rodgers is still pissed about falling in the first round. So, you know, if you're looking for motivation to have a really talented player slip a little bit, and that'll get them all sorts of fired up for a long period of time. Well, and you got to remember, you know, you're talking about all these kids. I mean, if you ask Nico right now, who's the best point guard in the draft? In his mind, it's him. He believes he's the best point guard. He believes his future will be as good as anybody's, if not better than anybody's coming out this year. You know, and if you ask Cole Anthony or LaMelo or anybody, they'll tell you the same thing. But that's what makes all those kids great. So if they do get drafted later than they think they should, of course they're going to have that chip. Of course, they're, I don't think it changes how you work and what you do. Because I think all these kids, you don't get to where you are by not working. You know, these kids are all considered first-round draft picks because of the work they put in. And, and, and it's hours and hours and hours that nobody ever sees. So they're, they're all going to work. Does that extra chip? I mean, you listen to uh, Draymond Green. He can name all, I don't know how many, 30, 31 players, 32 players drafted from him. He can name them in order. And, of course, that chip's still there. And he's won rings, but he still remembers all those names. 
So I agree with you on that one. They'll, they'll remember it, but I don't think it's – and it might come – I think the time they remember it is when they're playing that guy. You were drafted in front of me. I'm going to prove that I'm better than you, you know. So that's just part of – because these guys are so good and their egos are so big. And, and, and you have to have a, you know, some type of ego and, and confidence to be able to, to have that, 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 that in you, I believe. I hear what you're saying, Pace, about remembering the names. I'm sure you've heard these names, Locke and Monson. Now, why do I bring that up, Pace? Why do I bring up those names? Because those were the two freaking names that DJ wanted before I got picked. They turned him down. He wanted two other guys, Pace, Locke and Monson, before he wanted me. So screw Carl Anthony and anybody else who thinks they're better than your kid. You know what I'm saying, Pace? <laughs> yeah, I, you know, you seem to always have a chip on your shoulder too, PK. So you've worn it well. <laughs> you know, the thing about this pace—if we can ignore the other guy for a second—is that uh, normal circumstances, I would never tell anybody that. And the only person who could really back this up, if he still remembers, is Craig Hansen, because he was the only person in the room. And we were talking, and we blew through those two names in less than 30 seconds because neither one of them were available. But only because they weren't available. Right. And so they weren't available, and so we moved on. So right. it, it was PK, exactly, Pace. It was PK Thank you. pretty quickly. <laughs> Thank you. And then, and Pace, this is a true story. Probably less than six months in, possibly less than three months in, you know, you start to get a handle on your partner's personality, and he talked about things that motivated him and said, oh, well, I'm going to chum the waters with this little fact. And they throw it out there. 18 years later, it still works. This is beautiful. There you go. There you go. You know what buttons to push for sure. (laughs) Sure. Absolutely. All right, Pace. Well, as always, we appreciate well, let me tell uh, you, Pace. If Cole Anthony goes ahead, no, wait, I'm not done. Done. Okay. Hold on. All right. I'm <laughs> not done. Cole Anthony goes. If Anthony goes ahead of your kid, that's all the ammunition. And at that point, I'm hoping that my guys down there, uh, downtown off of Washington, come to their senses, take the local kid, so he's playing for Monty next year. How about that, Pace? Well, it would save me a move, you know. So I'm, you know, I got a one in thirty chance of not having to sell my house. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll 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 see how that goes. But you know, we're just a hey, look. It's a blessing to be where he's at. You know, we're 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 excited for him, and and you know, if if it ends up being the Suns or you know or, or Utah, you know, I know Utah has got a, a late first round pick. I think they're right around twenty three or twenty four right now, projected to be. I know uh, Utah's a good system too for him, I think, and so we'll we'll see what plays out. Well, I know that uh, I have asked multiple NBA scouts about him, and one of them looked at me funny, and I said, uh, "You probably aren't aware of this, but I worked with his dad for five years in TV." He's like, "Ah," oh. I said, "I knew him. He's in the second grade. <laughs> I've never had this level of personal investment in an NBA draft pick before, so I'm really curious." And so he nodded, but I still have the feeling. You know how when people are telling you stuff, but you know there's another motivation. And, like, you know, somebody right. wants to tell me something, but at the same time, and I got the distinct feeling, and they never said this. I mean, I could, I could swear, you know, swear, you know, in any court of law anywhere. They never said it, but the nonverbal communication I got when they were speaking was they thought there was a chance that Nico was going to slip, and they're hoping he does. Oh, yeah, well, I think there's a, I think there's, you know, 
there's a lot of teams that, that, that hope some of the mock drafts are right that he drops down into the 20s, and and it could happen. You don't. I mean, we don't know. Um, I think the for a lot of kids, I think these that there won't be any pre-draft workouts. I think that hurts Nico because I think NBA you know GMs and owners and and coaches get to see him in person to see how athletic he is, to see how well he shoots the ball, to see how well he, you know what he does, and I just don't think those. I think that hurts him more than helps him. You know, and obviously. You know, you haven't seen too many, you know, redheaded point guards in the NBA. That's a pretty athletic spot you got to play, and, and there's always that doubt, you know. So he's got some things he's got to overcome, and so far he's done it, and I don't see any reason why he, he won't continue that path and, and prove some of the doubters wrong, but that's up to him. All right, we got to run here, but uh, hey, uh, on a more serious note, all the best to uh, Guy's family and all your friends over in Italy. Uh, PK and I are talking about that. that. Yeah. All right. Hey, thanks a lot, guys.